1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
0: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop. And we attended the first inaugural uh, New, Eng- or New England Cigar Expo this weekend. It was amazing. It was in Wyndham, New Hampshire. We had so much fun. And it feels like we haven't been here since 2022. We've had a very long week. There's been it's a lot been going on. It's been a
1: very on. intense uh, yeah. several days for us. <laughs> we with, have had uh, boarding a lot dogs going Our on. own dogs. Yeah.
0: It's been crazy.
1: Trying to get into the Cigar Expo on a Friday night and then go home and then go back on Saturday.
0: <laughs> Without emergencies. is hard, yeah. but we had emergencies. Stopping
1: at the emergency vet. Yeah. We
0: we, we got a lot to uh, unpack here, but first we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right. My quirky tip of the day is if your dog happens to be on antibiotics for some reason and you normally give a probiotic or you're giving probiotics because you don't want the probiotic to accept, upset the microbiome with the antibiotics and everything else. Give it at least two hours separate from the antibiotics or the probiotic does not get the benefits. And I've known this and I've done this for years, but I've been giving probiotics and antibiotics to more dogs this past week than I have in a long time. So we are going to talk about some things that you can work on with your dogs handling-wise, you know, Evaluation-wise, if you need to get you know some sort of diagnosis from a professional, things that we think are good tools for your dogs to have in their toolbox, as far as behaviors go, that make it easier for vets, for you, for other professionals to assess what's going on with your dog. So here
1: we are, backing up. We to made it last week.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, I how feel many like
1: dogs have we had in for boarding? Just I feel to start like with. the
0: trigger episode was literally months ago. A to- lot,
1: total dogs. We've in had the house. a lot
0: of dogs in. We've had About more dogs than so. normal. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, we had a dog that was coming in that we've had, we've boarded all these dogs in the past. It's not like they're new dogs we're not aware of. And the morning the dog was supposed to get dropped off, she has to go to the vet, the emergency vet, because the dog ripped a toenail off. This is the, you know, first thing in the morning. So she goes to the vet, they clip off the hanging toenail or whatever, but then the dog has to be in a cone for the entire time, we have the dog.
0: Yeah, because he, would so because he was licking the, at his And tel. that specific dog had an ear infection before that. And we had, had a boot ear camp infection. dog in that was getting some, you know, paw licking, some eye draining. He came in on antibiotics for a skin thing. We had our Cream Goldens, our favorite. It's a circus. They took me down. <laughs> Golden oh, Mafia yeah. took me out. <laughs> like it, They've had medical issues. It has been a thing upon thing upon thing upon thing. And I guess the most pressing thing has been Jimmy
1: it's yeah, so been very stressful. My dog Jimmy uh, just took him out and beat him up and <laughs> hurt his leg. No, <laughs> I get it. He, Jimmy, he was just Jimmy up the randomly
0: had a random neck thing going on last week. I was worried about him. We put him on some NSAIDs and, you know, everything just to try to tone it down, muscle relaxants, and then coming up the stairs from going potty well, first the other was, day. he was
1: all recovered.
0: Yeah, he was fine
1: from his neck issue. So we thought, okay, great, not a big deal. And then Jess took him out to go potty, and they were both coming in together. He was taking two steps up, uh, just literally just two steps. And I don't know what happened, but he seems to have torn his cruciate his It
0: seems like he has a knee injury. We have an ortho appointment. He's on
1: three legs. He's been on three legs for a week. Yeah,
0: we have an ortho appointment um, October 17th. We've
1: seen four vets. (laughs) (laughs) We've taken him through all of our... This Everything network, we can do. <laughs> Jess's support team that she has built around her for the past several years. We've been checking in with all of them yeah. physical therapists, holistic vets, Massage regular vets, everybody. Yeah. And trying to get a diagnosis, what's going on. Yeah. And of course, Jess, being who she is, immediately she's thinking brain tumor. <laughs> this is a. a a bone cancer. This is. Ter- will we have him next was, week? Will they tell us to put the dog down? It was very down?
0: stressful in relation to the next situation too. We don't have a full diagnosis on him yet. It's looking like something knee, but literally we have been through the ringer with dogs this week. And really, when we started talking about this and unpacking all this together. It's, we've been so grateful for what these pet dogs, you know, will allow us to do with them. With handling, we've been so grateful with how we can manipulate Jimmy and show different people different things. I've been so grateful that I have such good control of Jimmy because now, with a seemingly pretty unstable rear left leg, I can do a lot with him, and he's not hurting himself worse.
1: So he's wearing a harness, and he's yeah. going out to pee in a harness, and we're keeping the weight. We off rented that a leg. laser,
0: and we're doing everything we can for our boy to get him as strong as possible. We have a
1: brace coming. He's going to be wearing a brace. Yeah
0: we're hoping to get a custom brace PRP i so don't we're know thinking we'll about figure out
1: doing yeah what, what does the PRP, prp stand for again
0: platelet replacement platelet rich plasma. platelet rich plasma yeah so
1: which i thought about for my shoulder but <laughs> we don't have money for that <laughs> we gotta take care of my dog <laughs>
0: maybe we'll use jimmy's <laughs> for you too so i guess scott kind of hit the nail on the head here with um you know the cone thing i guess a cone is a great place to start There are some dogs, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, we had a dog one time herding breed mix, wouldn't allow us to put a cone on his head. We actually had to send the dog home the morning of Thanksgiving because I didn't want this thing that he came in with to get worse, and the dog freaked out so much about a cone. So let's just kick this off with first and foremost, make sure your dog accepts a cone. You can get a Kong cone that Velcros right at the store, teach him to put it on, take it off, but I've been coning dogs left and right, keeping dogs away from different areas of their body or, you know... Like Rafe, when he had the, the split toenail, he had to stay away from the toenail. So this is a good place to start. If your dog does not accept a cone, train this before you need this. It's a pain in the butt to have them walking around the house and knocking stuff off the tables and everything else, but at least let them allow you to put it on. They can be crated, and then maybe they've been in there for five minutes, take it off. Practice the cone.
1: Nice if they'll accept a crate too, and that's yeah. a given. <laughs> yeah. But we've had dogs yes. in crates, in cones, and resting comfortably for lack of a better description, where there are some dogs that couldn't be even in a crate, let alone be in a crate with a cone. Yeah, that because would they, everything shift is so them traumatic. into an
0: anxiety level. And, uh, you know, I
1: tell clients this all the time. I, again, I saw people yesterday with a dog that's biting people, and it's a burn doodle. It's not like some big aggressive breed. It's just a burn doodle that has a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear, but a little bit of being a brat and just uh, being pushy and don't touch me, or I don't know who you are, I'm just going to bite your leg. And I said, you should start creating the dog. Well, we don't need to crate the dog. Well, and I started explaining this. You crate the dog not because you need to crate the dog, <clears throat> but to get the dog to start accepting your direction, you're going in a crate now, it's not a punishment, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and getting them to start working with you and doing what you want them to do rather than catering to them constantly, trying to assess whether or not they're happy do they think that they got enough exercise? Do they? They don't really like this food. Let's get a better food. Constantly catering to the dogs and make some kind of spoiled, bratty, nutty. and nutty. nutty. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: like with Jimmy, I mean, he has to stay pretty quiet. You know, I I can't let him mull about and just do whatever he wants right now. He would be flying on and off the bed and doing, you know, whatever he thought was best in the moment. He readily accepts a crate. That's a huge lifesaver. So a cone and a crate, good places to start.
1: And I'll say, not only does he accept a crate, but we have him now in a soft crate. And that's another step, because my Malinois cannot... He was (laughs) in a soft crate for a while until he learned how to rip Rip the screen. And then just thought well maybe it's a one off so she gets another soft crate and he's like this is like potato chips wasn't a one off (laughs) wasn't a one off the only reason Jimmy's in
0: a soft crate is because he needed a larger crate and all my larger crates were taken up because of the dogs with cones he's going into a metal crate today but accepting a crate accepting a cone another huge thing that has been helping us this week with pet dogs with our own dogs everything else is being able to take your dog's temperature if you guys do not have a thermometer at home that is dedicated to the dog you can write on it to make sure it's not the same one you put in your mouth the dog and
1: your husband get,
0: get a thermometer a um, ideally I like the little flexy ones cause it's easier to go in. You should be able to take a rectal temperature on your dog. This was a huge helpful point for us with a pet dog. He had an accident the night before. It wasn't common. I was like, huh, his, he looked a little red when I was going to clean him up. I took his temperature. He had a temperature. We brought him to the emergency vet. Your dog should be able to accept. I don't care if somebody has to help hold them or something else. You need to touch their tail. You need to lift up their tail. You need to look at their bum hole. You need to insert a thermometer into their, um, Rectum. A dog's temperature goes up to 102.5. Don't freak out. It's different than humans. But it is good to know when you show up at the vet and say, hey, he's running a fever. This is partially how we knew that Vital was had a pyometria this summer. She was running a fever. Well, Being same able with my dog to take, when had
1: the prostate uh, Yeah, Cousteau with the
0: prostate inflammation. We were ruling out maybe Jimmy having some tick-borne thing with multiple like stuff go- jumping around his body this week, making sure he didn't have a temperature. If you cannot at least manipulate the dog's tail to look around and take that a step forward there to be able to take their temperature. Huge, helpful thing. So, and it helps dogs, the vets it, out also when you go there.
1: Uh, we know dogs that you can't, if they have a little bit of poop stuck on their yeah. butt, that's a dangerous it. thing, trying to get this yeah. poop off the dog's butt. The <laughs> dogs going to turn around and freaking nail you. That's
0: on my list. Pull a so, poop. This is the same.
1: Yeah, to, it's the same as yeah. giving the uh, the temperature. I mean, it makes the vet tech's life easier also, but it, you know, it's a good way to even avoid an unnecessary vet visit. Your dog seems a little off you can take his temperature, there's no temperature, okay. You don't need to run to the vet necessarily if he's a little off, you know, we don't, you want to try, do as much as you can at home before you start spending a lot of money.
0: And the vets are busy. It's not even about the money. They can't always see you the day of, like, let's figure some stuff out. And if you're listening and you're like, okay, my dog does not let me near his rear. He hates his rear. I can barely touch his rear feet, everything else. Where do I even begin with this kind of stuff? You're not going to take the temperature the first time. You're not going to now, you know, manhandle the dog and get them to the ground and wrestle them to the ground to try to make this happen. Once have someone else holding the dog with a leash, the dog is on a collar rather than, a harness so they can't turn around. Have that person feeding the dog. Maybe first you just step over the dog. You touch the tail. Start counter conditioning that it is okay to be near your bum hole. Nothing traumatic is going to happen. You can deal with it and you're going to build up from there. You, you know, pretend to take a comb and get a poop off. You're not actually going to be uh, taking a huge poop off the very first time to teach your dog to deal with it. Start to build a positive association with these things where you have someone helping you. If the dog is taking food, you're giving them good cookies and the dog is starting to accept, okay, my mom can do this. It's all right. If nothing else, then you can help stabilize the dog and hold the tail up at the vet's office when you go in for your next appointment.
1: And you should be, in addition to that, one arm is underneath the waist because they're going to want to sit as soon as you start trying to get, you know, look under their tail. You need to keep them standing so you can see what the heck's going on there. It's basic handling. We've talked about it a million times. It seems like nothing until you need to do it. And this is why they have to medicate so many dogs because yeah. if they if the dog starts fighting and you know depending on the level of aggression or discomfort their first go to is we got to give a mild mild sedation because the, the dog
0: needs veterinary care and they can't receive it. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on from the butt and the tail and everything else after break, and uh, we're going to give you more tips for dealing with the rest of the body during these situations. Want to keep up with all
1: the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast, like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to The Madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast.
0: And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay, so talking about... um you know, dealing with the dog, having to groom the dog in certain ways and everything else. And just as an FYI, this isn't a handling episode. Scott and I did, uh, you know, the importance of being able to handle your dog early, 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 early in our podcast career. And we did a home remedies episode that was like, you know, stuff that you should have around to help treat your dog. This is just basic care Of, if your dog doesn't already have it, you should maybe look into this because we've used all of these things this week and it has helped us a ton. And it's really stressful when you don't have these things. So, um, you know, Scott's talking about, you know, a poop hanging there. We've had multiple clients that the dog will go to attack them aggressively, removing a tick, which seems kind of extreme. I'm sorry. Like, we've gotten ticks that have been. They have to go to the vet because the dog has a tick. And the dog is aggressive. Like, the dog will turn around and bite them. So make sure that you're doing these, like, little small things where sometimes you're you're, you're controlling the dog, you're safe, you're not going to have an issue. And if safety is putting a muzzle on the dog, please put a muzzle on the dog for these things. But be able to pick, you know, a little piece of fur and move it and your dog shouldn't freaking freak out. Like these are just very basic things. If you have a dog who is not aggressive in any way, shape, or form, I still would suggest you condition them to a muzzle. Jimmy was in quite a bit of pain early on this week. I never did have to muzzle him, but it is times like that where, you know, dogs that are all of a sudden really social, they're having pain. They don't know how to, you know, communicate what's going on. They may show some aggression. So it's nice to be able to get the dog accustomed to a muzzle. They accept wearing a muzzle if there is a very high degree of pain because they don't have a lot of ways to communicate, oh my God, ow, except with their mouth.
1: Yeah, and I, I tell people this stuff too. It's just teaching the dog to accept, you know, I talk about just leash pressure, just guiding a dog to the right, to the left on a leash, Yep. which is, we're not even getting into any kind of special obedience. Just take some <laughs> direction. Come okay. this way with me. Come that way with me. Yeah. And it's natural that dogs oppose that pressure in the beginning when they don't know what's up you start to try to get them to go this way i'm not talking about just luring them with food everywhere because obviously we can all do that but they need to trust you and i use the you know comparison to a horse with their reins and just that gentle leash pressure to the right and left steers the horse they, they they understand that as a direction to go and that just takes a little bit of time a little bit of patience but it's the same thing with the with the dogs you don't need to Wait until you really need to get this dog under control to, because then it's just so much more work because yeah. they're fighting because they're uncomfortable yeah. and it's a big problem. And so. the same
0: thing with moving them around when they're muzzled too. Ideally, if you're going to a place where you need to hand the leash off to someone and you want that dog to be muzzled, the dog can not only just be muzzled, but it can take a few steps muzzled and not be freaking out and creating a whole new issue.
1: And we had a great, um, with, uh, was it Lola that, Yeah. Uh, uh, the woman sent us video, the dog didn't like a muzzle. We got the dog used to putting the muzzle on, and we were able to get, and that was a big deal. This dog really did not, not want fan to have of muzzle. a muzzle on. Yeah. We got the dog to accept putting the muzzle on and taking about one or two steps. And this is during the boarding and training. It wasn't part of what we were doing, but it was just we could see the need for this. you know. And so she continued on with that and she has this dog now where she can walk that dog all over the place in a muzzle and one thing she it was really cool she had the the what's it called the um spray cheese that can the of can of cheese, yeah. Can the of cheese, of cheese. Woods, yeah so she had the muzzle so she could walk the dog down the down the yard stop sit stick the can in the muzzle <laughs> squirt it Unfa- the dog's all excited yeah. walk all the way back so it worked out well you know yeah
0: muzzles and movement important things we talked about handing the leash off uh, our emergency vet uh, locally they're pretty big on we're gonna take the dog back that's just how they handle things so when we had an issue come up with a pet dog this weekend Scott brought the dog in the dog needed to be handed off if the dog has resource guarding issues of people or doesn't want someone new take the leash or something else that is a good skill to work on for these situations where the dog may be sick the dog may ne- need care. The dog may have hurt himself. The dog needs to be more confined. Be conscientious of working through this small issue. Not that you can hand the leash off to anybody on the street. I don't care about that. But start training with a specific friend. What would that look like? Maybe you give a cookie. Then the friend takes the leash. Then you give another cookie. Then the friend, however it works, figure out a way that if you need to hand that leash off, get it to happen safely. Because there's been a lot of leash handing off this week. And I
1: will say, you know, that's one of the uh, canine good citizen tests. Yeah. uh activities that many dogs fail like they do all this their obedience is good they can walk and sit and say hello to someone and pass another dog and all that stuff but there's that separation anxiety component where you here take my dog and they walk away and the dogs get really stressed when you leave completely mental so you may not notice that if you never are in a situation where you need to do it and then when you go to do it you may be surprised that wow this dog is really kind of overreacting to this situation of me walking away So work through these things for the benefit of the dog. It's not just for the benefit of the techs and the vets. Of course, in the end, it is so that the dog can get the care they need, but so that the dog is less stressed. The more you can throw at the dog, and preferably in a positive way, but getting them to accept it one way or the other, the more confident they are and comfortable in all of these situations that are different But not necessarily new.
0: Yeah, and the better I've done it before, I just
1: haven't done it here.
0: And the better care they're going to receive because literally, like, it is a joke what's been going on with us right now. It's been a full-on infirmary. There are more medications in our house and pharmaceutical medications than I've had. And I think since we've lived in Maine, like, it's been insane.
1: Speaking of the medications, so here's another one. We we had two dogs come in, two or three that came in with their bottle of medications. One had a skin rash issue and. We didn't know about it. One head uh, lime. One head lime, But the thing is, they were easily giving the medication in food and treats. Well, when the dog comes into our care, a lot of dogs are kind of stressed out. Why am I here? And they don't want to eat. They don't want to take a treat now because this is all different. I don't know who you are. I'm not comfortable with this scenario. So you need to be able to pill the dog. The dog has to get the medication in them. They won't take it in the treat. You can try all kinds of different hot dogs and stuff if they're not going to eat because... They're upset about being in a new environment, and this happens a lot. You need to be able to take them out, put them in a sit, open their jaw, stick that pill in the back of the throat, hold their mouth closed, massage their until you see them swallow.
0: Yeah. And ideally that's a pain in the butt. Normally when the dog sticks its tongue out, you know, if their mouth is closed, the dog has actually swallowed the pill and you need to check and make sure. But yeah, that's another great one. If you cannot pill your dog, Just start going with a small piece of hot dog, put it in the back of their throat, let them swallow that, get them used to that. That is a great one to bring up. As far as um, dealing with dogs, handling other things that have been going on this week, I know that all dogs don't love their nails done and we don't have to get into nails right now. I talk about nails a lot. Everyone at this point in time should know my preferred way to cut nails is having a dog in a sit in between my legs, reaching down or having the dog flipped on its back so I have access to all four. If I need a muzzle, I'll use a muzzle. But those are my preferred ways to cut dogs' nails. If your dog hates their nails being cut and that's a whole other podcast and a whole other situation, whatever journey you're on there, that's your own journey. You should still be able to pick up their foot. You should still be able to look at their toenail. This dog that had the split toenail when he came in, when we picked him up from the emergency vet, I had to be checking that toenail. He was on antibiotics and he was on anti-inflammatories, but I had to make sure that wasn't getting worse. I had to make sure that he wasn't having access to that and making it a bigger deal than it needed to be. So if your dog hates its nails being cut, that's one thing. That doesn't mean now that paws should be off limits, that checking a toenail should be off limits, that moving their toes should be off limits. Do you know how badly we wanted Jimmy's orthopedic issue? And again, we're grateful it's hopefully an orthopedic. Issue than H- something it was more systemic. In a pad or, or something. Yeah, that we're, been we're great. checking his toes left and right, like, oh, you know, maybe it's just his toe. You should be able to do these types of things and manipulate your dog in these little ways to start to diagnose things and to rule things out. If it is a problem, you can introduce a muzzle and you're just doing this in a positive way. You're not waiting until the dog has actually fractured its toe and now you want to start moving its toes around. So, uh, toenails is a big one to be thoughtful of.
1: Another thing about the pause, especially with Jimmy, who he's a long haired. Um, border collie he gets a ton of fast growing hair between his toes so if, his that, man hair grows if everywhere. that isn't maintained and kept short he doesn't have good traction on hardwood because there's all this hair underneath his pads you know so we are just typically is at least once a month he's going through and little scissors and just clipping all this hair so that he has a nice clean pad and we've done so much stuff to give him good traction. It just kills me that he got this knee thing. Well, this we don't thing, even but, know what's
0: going on yet. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's okay and he's happy today. All right. Um, teeth and ears, you guys. Another big thing. So frequently, you know, if a dog is showing signs, like maybe not eating or eating on just one side of its mouth, you want to be able to look in the dog's mouth and see if their teeth are okay. See if something's fractured. See if maybe they have a tick in their gums from a hike they took. If your dog does not allow you to go up and look in its mouth, that is something I would start to work through. Ears are another big thing. It has been a hell of a summer for ears. I don't know what the rest of the country is like, but it has been humid as heck in, you know, Southern Maine, Ears have been going crazy all summer, all dogs, not just dogs in our care. It has been a hard summer for dogs and dogs that get ear infections and even dogs that don't normally get ear infections. They were popping up this summer. Dogs don't like to have their ears looked at when they're in pain. They don't like to have the otoscope going in when they're in pain. Start to condition your dog to sit, allow you to look in its ears. You can put a tissue in its ears without actually having to clean anything, without actually having to get deep in there. Let Have the dogs l- allow you to start doing these little things to them to rule out, okay, it isn't something in their mouth, it isn't an oral problem, it isn't an ear infection. Okay, he's shaking his head, I just want to look in his ears and make sure. Start to do that because I have cleaned more dogs' ears this past week, probably two, than all summer dogs don't always love that. Scott might have to hold the leash so I can, you know, get better traction and make sure I get it properly clean. These are huge things that you can work on away from issues that will help you later on in life.
1: Another opportunity if need be to throw on the muzzle. Yeah. Cause they might, you're, you're right on the head. They can turn and snap at you and yeah, just clean some ears where there were, we had these, um, That's terrible. What the golden's They didn't have ear infections, but they were on the cusp. Their ears were getting greasy. Uh, She would stick a cotton swab in there and pull out all kinds of crud and then clean them and rinse them out and get them all nice and clean. And they went home in good shape. But I'm sure if they were left unattended, probably by now they'd have ear infections. Yeah. Oh, completely. So you can prevent that, which makes it so much easier on the dog by just being a little you know open up the if they have floppy ears you lift it up and smell the ear yeah. what's what's going on in there you know <laughs> yeah.
0: and you should have a baseline of what the ear smells like too if you're going to be diagnosing that way all right as, as far as if you are the things that your dog should hopefully readily accept you doing to them if need be when need be everything else flipping them over this is a huge one you guys most of our dogs will lay down and I can ask them to turn over Cousteau we may have to manipulate more he'll do it with a cookie and the two of us can flip him over having a dog that will allow you to have him or her on his back to look at something on the stomach. Maybe the dog needs an ultrasound. Maybe the dog needs, you know, x-rays and it needs to be on its back for part of the x-ray. Just for an exam half the time, you know, oh, the nipple looks funny. You have to show the vet this specific dog that was at the emergency vet this past weekend had a weird hot spot near his private parts. I'm not sure exactly why that manifested or what was going on there, but, you know, you need to be able to manipulate the dog and say like, here, you can see this, look at this. So that is something a lot of dogs are like, oh, I don't want to, be on my back, it's a submissive position, they start fighting that, that's a good thing to teach your dog away from when and if you may need it. Passive range of motion. If you're not familiar with that, what that is, it's basically taking the dog's legs and being able, you know, to extend forward, to bend at the knee, to, you know, check the hip, all of this little stuff where you're moving the dog's limbs, limb by limb. I like to be able to do passive range of motion with my dogs laying on their sides, Or, you know, if they're standing for some reason to be able to do it both ways, Jimmy has had a lot of that this week, like a lot of that showing people like, okay, like we bend the knee this way. It's okay. We lift the hip this way. It's okay. We're checking here that, you know, our dogs are very accustomed and used to that dogs that are completely frantic and are not used to that. I can see that being a huge shit show. Like maybe then they need
1: general anesthetic, they
0: need general anesthetic and maybe they went in for a small issue, but then just fighting and, you know, wriggling to get away has created a bigger issue. So if your dog is not normally accustomed to you, just checking them, extending them forward, like, Hey, how's your range of motion today? How is your carpal? How are how are these things? And are you allowing me to do this when everything is you know um, status quo, no big issues? It helps you later on. And we're saying this because we've been doing it this week. And I'm just grateful that we have dogs and that we also have pet dogs who we have trained that accept these things and allow us to do these things because the course of care gets more and more intense when the dog starts saying no, I don't want you to. No, you can't. Like. I'm not giving consent, however you want to call it. Like the dogs, the more the dogs allow you to do, the quicker the dogs can get better and the more that you can treat them. So it's very important to us that you have some of these tools in your toolbox.
1: Yeah. And this is why uh, a good reason why we don't do boarding for the public because we got a lot going on and these little simple things we're talking about with these dogs we had this week that was stressful, stressful. And it was very time-consuming and filled Jess's head 24 hours. She's not sleeping at night. She's thinking about this dog. (laughs) My TMJ. I
0: can't even eat. I have so much pain in my jaw. I can't even eat. Yeah, (laughs)
1: she's clenching her jaw all night long. Uh, The thing is, we can do it with these dogs because they know us. We know them, and we also know their their health history. Like we kind of know that this dog is prone towards hot spots, and so if we're gonna bathe that dog, Jess will spend an hour blow drying this particular shepherd because he's got a thick coat and he can get a hot spot real easy and he's had him at home and so we're we're kind of proactive to make sure he doesn't develop a hot spot but we know the dogs they know us we can handle them and if we can't handle the dog we wouldn't take the dog in for boarding if they were very aggressive or there was a problem like that you know so we, I don't even can't even think of any dogs that we wouldn't take that we haven't had in for boarding and training no but, no but the take, point is yeah we get them to we, we know the them dogs that's yeah. why we take them we'd be less likely to take a dog because of the owner at this point than the dog <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> you
0: know? offense to any of you if we don't take your dogs and I will say you know we know the dogs well but that means that some dogs I'm not going to take a temperature on that dog until I know Scott you know is going to be home to be there with me some dogs I have no issue hey come on over here buddy let's stand against the wall I just want to see you know what you're looking at and we're not taking temperatures on dogs multiple times a day, and I don't know what's going on with the universe. Maybe it was the moon last week. I don't know why all this has come to be. Thankfully, it seems like Jimmy is going to be okay. But it has been a lot, and it's been a lot for us who are professionals who have been doing this as a li- livelihood together for the last decade. And Scott's been doing it for twenty years. What and we I will spend? say
1: that we had two dogs in for boarding, uh, one for boarding and training, and one for boarding, both with aggression issues that. With the best dogs that we've had all week. We had one dog that jumped and bit a plumber in the chest and was like, this is a 150-pound dog. And we took the dog in, even just was apprehensive about, you know, if this dog, if I can't do this within 48 hours, we got to send the dog back. She's turned out to be a a dream, a really nice dog. Then we had this other dog that the people... They say, oh, she's okay. We hadn't, I only did classes. I didn't do boarding with this dog.
0: And she's going home today and, and she's been a dream. They were
1: so worried about like, well, are you able to touch the collar? Yeah. And we're like, well, yeah, what we, are you not telling us? We,
0: we love her. We love her. So yeah, the <laughs> aggression cases aren't always the big deals. But, and even the one that's talking about the bigger dog, that dog's had microbiome issues on the Doxy and with, you know, loose stool and it has just oh, been the, a freaking nightmare. She was
1: treated for Lyme. Right? Yes. That and one, that's yeah. why
0: her tummy went crazy. Yeah, like yeah. It, it it is a lot to care for dogs, you guys. It's a lot to care for one dog. And I just want to close from an orthopedic standpoint, um, dealing with Jimmy, hopefully again, you know, we're just going to get this figured out. Hopefully it's just a partial tear if it is a CCL. Um, I'm so grateful that he doesn't seem to have something more intense and systemic going on. I cannot tell you how important it has been to be able to know what Jimmy looks like at a normal gait, to be able to walk Jimmy on a leash where he's just, you know, walking along normally and not even trotting. And he accepts, you know, hey, take it easy. Don't push too hard. Don't push off that leg. He's laying there for laser treatments. We have to laser him three times a day. Dogs that will accept these treatments and that you can control on leash, especially when it comes to these orthopedic issues. It's, it's huge. It is just a godsend because, you know, a lot of these pit tear their CCLs and it's nothing against pit bulls, but they're crazy to begin with. They don't have good leash mechanics to begin with. And now all of a sudden they have this bum knee and now they're still crazy on three legs. And you know, know, it's just just making everything so much more hectic. Slow down
1: the healing. Yes. If you you do
0: not have a way to put a piece of equipment on your dog and say like, Hey, you know, I need you to take it easy, to walk slowly, even if that means necessarily putting food in their face at first, I don't care. It, it, it is night and day difference to make your job easier because the dogs that are just mental, that they don't understand how to be on a leash, they don't understand leash manners, they just want to pull. Any of these orthopedic issues can be made 10 times worse when they don't need to be with just some basic training and some basic level of care. Yeah, so and
1: I will say lastly, if you do need to medicate, it's nice to know what medication actually works best for yeah. your dog. You yeah. know, it doesn't, because a lot of dogs don't do well on these uh, sedatives, even yeah. mild ones. It just makes them m- more loopy, but still crazy and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. You yeah. Know?
0: So do this for us. If there's something do on the list your that your dog do has us. not done or will not accept, just think. Hey, you know, maybe in the next, you know, three weeks here before 2024, this is going to be something I put on my bucket list. I'm going to address it, you know, five times a day, once a week, because it matters, you guys, it matters so much. And it's stressful enough to just keep dogs well when everything's going great, when there's a lot of medical concerns and there's a lot of monitoring and there's a lot of unknown, you know, other people trying to help you diagnose things and everything else. The more knowledge that you can bring to the table with, you know, you can do this to the leg and it's fine. The dog didn't have a temperature yesterday. It does this morning. You know, the dog's taking, you know, longer to pee, but you know, I can flip them over and show you the area. It helps. It helps the professionals that are going to help you get a diagnosis. It helps the dogs and it helps you because there's nothing worse than a dog being unwell. You know, we had to call this couple that we absolutely love. They're some of our favorite clients. They were over having a great vacation in in Europe and we had to call and say like, Hey we have this thing going on we're concerned this is the the deal call ahead with the emergency vet. I've been worried sick about Jimmy. I mean, literally, this is the worst anxiety I've had probably in a very, very long time. It, it, it's stressful to us when our animals are not well. So do starting, it for was, yourself. I'm don't gonna, make a joke. I'm Stop. going to find
1: an all-terrain wheel. Oh my God. Wheel with he keeps a, saying with he's going put one
0: wheel it. on him. I don't think this is a <laughs> wheel type situation. All right, you guys. I hope we helped you a little bit. If there's something we missed, as always, feel free to email us at studio at thecorkydog.com. If you want to work with us in person, we work from Portland, Maine to Man New Hampshire to Boston Massachusetts we will see you next week and in the meantime keep it keep quirky it quirky guys <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts guests or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the studio 21 podcast cafe the United Podcast Network its partners or affiliates,